In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm I'm just going to go back to not host. I'm going to fall back on my the essence of my being. I'm your not host, and my name is Evan. I'm your secret murder stepson, and I'm Ronnie. Oh no, now oh, we have boy. to get rid of Ronnie. So, different. You can't get rid not, of me. Not the same. I'm going to be the villain of season 2. As we get into our final episode covering Frequency, episodes 10, 11, 12, and 13, my god. So many episodes. Before we get into that, though, uh, and oh, Ending Pending is a podcast. We discuss television <laughs> shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering the final episodes of the CW's Frequency. It's about time travel and murder. Uh, before we jump into that, though, I have a very important question for you guys. Let us hear it. If you could pick a single Disney character to join us as a co-not host, who would it be? Ooh. Are we including uh, properties that Disney owns now, too? Or just, like, the core? Okay. Just core Disney. The core original, like, Disney company. Otherwise, we'd be opening it up to Star Wars, and we'd be here all day as I discuss Star Wars. Yeah, so no Marvel, no Star Wars. just core Disney. No secondary, okay. Um, Not Disney mm, affiliates. mm, 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 mm. mm. This is hard. There's so many. I think... Any of y'all seen the movie Atlantis? Yeah, that's a good one. Of course. That's a good one. So, uh, so, So my friend Milo Thatch... He's nerdy, and uh, and and reads a lot of books. I, I think that if he had uh, one season TV shows at his disposal, he would enjoy them. Plus, he's voiced by Michael J. Fox, who is also great. Yeah, and I would. I would. I think that would be a good voice to add to this blend that we got going on here. Oh, Atlantis was such a good choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deep cut. Deep cut. It's a good one. It's underrated. I'm gonna say um, the Emperor from Mulan, because. He's mm. he's always like he's not in that movie much, but he says all the <laughs> deepest shit in that movie. Yeah, and he stuff. also seems just like a real chill old dude. He's like, oh, a lady, cool. I was gonna say the genie from Aladdin, but I feel like Ugh. me and Ronnie would ha- then have a lot of competition. Yeah, you can't yeah. have somebody funnier than you on yeah. the podcast. Right. So maybe not genie. Um, Plus, I mean, we would get derailed so much more, which is like hard to believe. But like, it would be, it would be, it would be like, be upsetting for me to have to say, "Hey, Jeannie, could you please stay on topic?" Because that's just not as much as not host is Evans' aesthetic. Uh, Jeannie's aesthetic is just jumping off the rails onto tangents. So then, my being of chaos, he is a gin. I mean, my my next thought was going to be the the Fox Robin Hood. Because then I could flirt with him a lot. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but you then furry, furry, you furry, furry. I am furry. not a furry, okay. Mm-kay. But like all all nineties children, look, do you have a, a problem with box. furries, Andy? Look, we're not going to get into my issues with or I, not with furries. I think uh, neither of us would like have sex with the fox Robin Hood, but both of us are like inexplicably attracted to him. Yeah, I'm I think with him. everyone, everyone who is even a little bit attracted to like male coded persons was inexplicably attracted to the Fox Robin Hood. I don't, I cannot explain this, like that. But everyone, ask anyone who likes men, and they for sure had some kind of a little thing for Fox Robin Hood. Uh. So, in order to avoid that awkwardness, though, I think I'm gonna say Rapunzel. <laughs> because oh yeah, why are we all why are we all picking dudes to bring on to this? Yeah, y'all are oh. are, are terrible. I picked a lady. You um, outed me as a massive podcast sexist, and I can't stand I'm, vocal fry. You know, I'm JK, picking JK, JK. I'm picking Rapunzel because she is so into. Like the outside world, and so fascinated with all of it, and I think she would be delighted to watch these garbage shows. 
uh, and and like find the gems in the mess. And, and and she'd be like Ronnie and would love everything. Um, yeah. Ronnie, when you said Atlantis, I'm actually surprised that you did not pick um, Aubrey, the mechanic. What's her oh, name? Aub- Audrey. Pick. Was it Audrey? I, I feel like she'd be too cool for us. Like she would like within like a couple of episodes start her own podcast. It's the same reason I did not pick Maui from Moana. Is this just like we like it, we can't keep up. We can't like keep pace with that. Like, and they would they would go off and start their own way way better podcast. And I can't. I don't. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that kind of competition. Audrey Ramirez was her name. I didn't yeah. look it up. It just came to me. She was a great character. Yeah, she'd be a lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah. Anyway, I was I'd just saying. I'd drink with anyone from Atlantis except for the like macho military villain bad guy. Yeah. Well, he was the bad guy. Yeah, he so was obviously. Awful. I mean, I'd still drink with the femme fatale bad guy. She was rad. She was less of a bad guy, though. Yeah. She, still kind of bad. She had more complex motives, I will say. Yeah. But yeah, that, like the whole like crew from that movie, like, yeah, I'd throw, I'd throw back a cold one, crack a cold one with the boys. And the is girls. That, is that, well, B-O-I, boys, as in gender neutral, boys. 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 Crack a cold one with the boys. <laughs> Boise, Idaho. Anyway, let's talk about frequency, I guess. I feel like I that's the first should. time you've ever brought us back around to the topic, so congrats. No, I do it all the time. <laughs> okay. I am responsible. All right. I'm a responsible yeah. podcast host. Let's, let's talk about... Let's talk about me more. I'm great. Let's, I brought let's it talk back. about frequency. Let's talk about frequency. Let's talk about these last four episodes of frequency, which should have been... 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, which should have been the last... Three episodes, if only. Yeah, um, and, and so, since like we we've we've like hated on this so much, and we we all just want to like go through it. Let's just like lightning round. Oh, it's this. it's easy to go through this fast because yes. only like one thing happened in each episode. Good okay. stuff. All right, episode ten, Edison effect. Uh, they they're all one hundred percent sure. They're they they're very confident that Deacon Joe's the Nightingale. So Raimi's like, uh, Frank, murder him. And Frank's like, I don't know. And Raimi's like, fucking murder him. And he's like, okay. Simultaneously, in the future and the past, Raimi does, in fact, murder him. They find him in his cabin, and he shoots his stepdaughter. And then Raimi, well, he, like, is surrendering. And she's like, uh, I'm just gonna murder you. So she just shoots him. Then Frank attempts to murder him and does a really bad, shitty job, puts him in the trunk, and... His car gets in an accident, and the guy escapes. Such a bad job. Um, episode 11, negative copy is what it's called. Joe, Deacon Joe, uh, climbs out of Frank's car while he's unconscious and just runs off into the woods and then just goes home and like <laughs> pretends like that didn't happen. I loved um, that scene. I don't want to interrupt you. I loved that scene. He anyway. just like walks in the front door and is just like... Whoa. Gonna need a beer after that one. <laughs> Gonna have to crack a cold one open with the, oh wait, I only murder people, and that's it. Yeah. Crack a cold one so, open with the skulls! I got it in! So Frank's like, oh shit, I'm really terrible at murder, apparently. Uh, that should have been so easy, I had him literally unconscious and incapacitated, but somehow I still didn't manage to murder him. I'm gonna frame him for robbery instead. And so he tries to do that, and that screws with the timeline again. And so now in the future, Raimi has not killed Deacon Joe, older Deacon Joe. Uh, and he's, I, I don't know what he's doing. They Like, he's, is he in prison for Robert? I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in prison. Yeah, he's in prison for like theft or something. For a long time. Yeah, yeah, for a long time for stealing money. Yeah. Um, so uh, then Raimi finds his, his two kids who in this altered uh, frame for robbery timeline uh, are not dead. Can can I correct you guys there? Sorry. Yes, what? I, he I, wasn't, I realized it as I said it too. He wasn't in prison for robbery. He was still arrested for the murder of his wife, which is the right. body Raimi had found. Okay. But yeah. the because Joe fucked the timeline, the body wasn't there anymore, so they like couldn't hold him anymore. Okay. Yeah. This is a hard show to recap. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, hard show to watch. Uh, yeah, all right. So episode 12, which is called Harmonic, 
Uh, also, these episode titles are really like they don't make sense. They don't make a whole lot of sense. They just they seem... have to do with radios, which like towards the end of the season, there's so little to do with this damn radio. Yeah, yeah. Raimi has found Deacon Joe's two kids. In the past, they did not arrest him. This time, in right. this timeline, they in arrested the future... him, but they didn't like hold him in prison. Like he yeah. was free to go. Yeah. So, but then in the future. Uh, they do get him arrested, and they do find evidence that he's the murderer. Right. And then Raimi beats... Well, yeah, they, Raimi beats him up in a bathroom to, like, get him to confess. And then he gives her information, and she gives him her shoelaces so he can hang himself in his cell, which is really dark. Right. But they, um, they find out that the son that they thought was dead is still alive, and that's how they find out where to find his dead mother's body buried yes. in, in, in like the woods. So that's how yes. they're able to, to get him, get him as so, a nightingale. So yeah, in, in this one, Raimi gets information from him about the murders. She then transmits that to Frank. Frank then arrests him in the past and they like fix everything. They arrest the guy and his two kids are alive and Raimi's mom's alive now. Uh, and then at the very end, you see uh, uh, Deacon Joe's son go into his apartment and go into his closet, and he's got all these pictures of Raimi's mom, and he stares at them creepily, and the audience is like, <gasps> it was really him all along, and Deacon Joe took the fall for him. <gasps> all right, and in spite of the fact that that would have been a really good uh, note to end the, the show on, there's now another episode, episode 13, which is called Signal Loss. And in this episode, remember all the things they just solved? All of the problems that they just eliminated and fixed the future? Yeah, they just reintroduce and then recause all of those problems in episode 13. So, hey, guess what? The son is the Nightingale Killer. We, the audience, already knew that. But just to reiterate to you, the son is the serial killer. Uh, Raimi's mom is still alive. But now it's the future and the serial killer son is after her again after 20 years of inactivity or whatever. And um, he's the, also after her again in the past, even though it, yeah. he, he had stopped killing people. And then he decides to kill people again because Frank um, like goes and talks to him and it freaks him out. Uh, and then the murderer's son uh, smashes the radio and gasp. There's Gordo's dad, too. We yeah, shot him. Man. We don't actually know if he died. We never, like, the show never circled back around to whether he survived that or not. But yep. Raimi's mom is still alive. And um, also, Frank, Raimi's dad, is still dead in the future. And they didn't solve that whole thing where he dies in a car crash. So, yeah. That's what, that's one done happened. I just want to make sure that I put in here that I called it. You did. You did I called it. totally called it that that innocuous dead son was totally not going to be dead and in fact a murder protege i hit it on the nose well done thank you it wasn't that hard to predict there are not many no. characters left on this show <laughs> <laughs> i still it think it might have been dad, the bartender all along i think there was one more twist that if we had gotten right. another episode they it was unveiled. A, it was a bit of a twisty ending there were there were some twists and turns. <laughs> if they had yeah. stopped it at episode twelve, like Evan said, I would have been like, "Wow, they ended this on a high note. Like that mm -hmm. was that was a good ending to an okay show." Yeah. yeah. So it, uh, and then we they should, added that one more episode. Yeah. So yeah, we should we should yeah let's, do the likes first because yeah, there well, there were some things to like about these episodes. Well, first let's let's go into these four episodes and see how we liked or didn't like them as a whole unit. Uh, Andy. Yeah. How did uh, these four episodes, they work for you? No, but only because of episode 13. If we had mm. stopped at 12, I would have said it worked. Um, I don't know why they tacked on that extra episode at the end. Like Literally, if you watch 12, it is a phenomenal finale to this show. Mm -hmm. And that 13th episode uh, is, 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 not, is not a good ending. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Uh, these four final episodes 
final episodes of Frequency, that feels good coming out of my mouth. Do these four final episodes of Frequency work for you? I absolutely 100% agree with Andy. I would have said yes, they worked uh, had it not been for episode 13. And that would have been both of ours, like, only confident yeses for Frequency. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these four episodes work for you? Hey, Ronnie, did these Um, four episodes work for you? Um, uh, they did, again, just on that line. 13 wasn't, it it wasn't as bad for me as it was for y'all, I think. Episode 10 for me was way worse and way, like, just more, like, of the, oh, we have to hear children and women scream while we hear, like, beating sounds. Um. Yeah, that was... uh, yeah, I know, was, I know what rough. scene you're talking about, yeah. and that yeah. was there, well, there were there were, there were several of them, and so like that was way worse for me. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's keeping it from being like a firm, like yeah, it was good. I, I liked these four episodes, uh, but overall, they did just over the line work for me. While the floor is open, what about these four episodes worked for us? So remember how I was like, oh, we all know it's Deacon Joe. Uh, it's gonna, it's predictable. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that they gave us a twist ending. Yeah. I get the impression that maybe they thought of that a little bit late in the writing process when they were mapping out these, you know, the the overarching plot. But yeah. it still worked. It tracked fine. Like, it's it made sense. It wasn't completely out of nowhere uh, where we were like, how could it possibly be the sun? That doesn't make... Like, it... it it totally, it totally worked, and it was a genuine surprise for everyone except Ronnie, I think, because <laughs> we had sort of uh, got to a place where we assumed that this this show was formatted a certain way, and so it was a genuine surprise. I liked how time travel mattered again. Yeah, um, as yeah. much as it, as much as it was tough to keep up with, and certainly difficult to recap, like things started to change like mid sentence and mid drop. And that it's, you know, we've always seen like a cutaway kind of thing of like Ramey looking away and she looks back and the murderer is gone kind of thing. We've never seen it like, like drop just like, Oh no, like there's, there's no, who's Megan. I don't know who that is. I don't have a patient named Megan. Like it was just like lightning quick and it was getting hard to keep up, but in like a good way of like, well, not like everything is just chaos now. So Mm -hmm. like, just buckle up and, and enjoy the ride. I kind of liked how they added some depth to Stan where mm-hmm. for the entire time, he's just been like a crooked cop and that's it where they added some dimension to it. Where like, he's got a dad who's real sick and he's, you know, trying to take care of him and provide for him. Right. Uh, I didn't necessarily dig how like him and Frank, like, broded out like that felt a little yeah yeah like masculine like we're alphas yeah. kind of thing Rem- like, remember how i tried to have you murdered that one time yeah we i we i yeah okay Let's- um i i was genuinely like sad though that marcella shot him like yeah. I was like, no, wait, that felt so random, and Stan had things to do still. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, like, not good writing that Marcella just shoots no. him up and out of nowhere, but it did make me be like, oh, wait, but, like, I was interested where Stan was going. And so, like, right. that's a good emotional response uh, that Frugency had. So that was cool. Um, and I kind of, I was intrigued to see, like, where that character was was going to go. So mm-hmm. good job, Frequency. We, we did finally get like an unfolding of the serial killer slash not serial killers motives, at least weird motives. But um, we've been strung along this whole season about like what his deal is. And um, I still don't understand why he was targeting nurses specifically, but uh, at least we got a little bit more serial killer stuff. Not, not that I'm like eager to see murder, but that's the interesting part of, a procedural show for me is like, what's going on with this villain? Why is he the way he is? Why does he do the things that he does? And we got, um, I think a pretty well paced unfolding of that throughout these episodes. And I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's like what Andy wanted. It's like 
the start of it. What is some weird like hyper Christian cult of of just saving saving women by killing them because that's mm-hmm. the only way it can happen kind of thing. Just I like, mean, I didn't want it specifically women. That's exactly I, what I you wanted. wanted. You no, s- I wanted a murder cult. I didn't want it specifically targeting women. My genuinely favorite scene from probably all of Frequency is when Frank is off to do his horrible crime and, and horrible as in he's bad at it, not horrible as in it's like heinous. But he's just such a bad criminal that he's on like this murder shopping spree, like getting bleach yes. and duct tape and a shovel. Yes. And he bumps into fucking Gordo's dad. The who's, lawyer. Who's his neighbor and is a lawyer. And uh, Mr. Gordo is like, ah, you're going to get 10 to life or something. And yeah. like Frank is like so uncomfortable and like makes a joke about like, uh, you know, if only I knew a good defense lawyer. And it's it like it was so funny. Right. That was the best written scene in this whole show. It, it was hilarious. It's like you clearly live in a small town. Maybe buy your murder starter kit like two towns over. I'm sure yeah. they have hardware stores use, in the next town. Use the fucking duct tape that you already had in your house or something. Uh-huh. Like, like, like who doesn't own a like a thing of duct tape and a shovel? Like, if well, you own a house, you have a shovel. Nobody you can identify. Want... Nobody can track your shovel to your house. Oh, like, no. nobody knows have... what you're. Maybe he's just been like licking his shovel as he's been <laughs> digging up stuff, and so it's covered in DNA. But that scene, that scene was genuinely funny and yeah. like well acted, and it was it was great. I was so confused as to where this person came from. I didn't like catch on that it was Gordo. And we didn't Gordo's realize dad. we didn't realize till like the next episode that yeah. it was supposed to be Gordo's dad. Right. I I, I liked the way that like it, it, this is this is like where I'm so frustrated with the season as a whole because the way that Julie and Frank work together with like her getting his car fixed and them kind of working satch a little bit and like we're not you know she's like I'm we're in this together where did the that come that they, from it, mm-hmm. well it just like you get a little bit of that very early on when they're pretending they're okay for Raimi but then you don't get it anymore and it's like I, I'm not even so mad about like okay, well, this is, like, out of nowhere. I'm mad that, like, this could have been what we had working all along, but instead we have this terrible dynamic of a, of a relationship that should not be, and, and it, it's just, like, it, it's maddening that we got, instead of, you know, this dream team that we could have had the whole time, instead we have, like, oh, but I want to get divorced. Oh, here's reasons why we should get divorced. Oh, like... They're good reasons, but you wrote those reasons. Like, like it, it didn't have to be any of that. Yeah, uh, like her getting the car fixed was like real slick, and that Watch. was a really great, really great moment. Uh, it was overshadowed for me by the fact where I was like, "Wait, are they? Are they together? Like, right. they've been toxic and terrible this whole time." Yeah, their relationship was all over mm-hmm, the place mm-hmm. uh, just back and forth and back and forth uh, they're together and now they're not and now they love each other and now they don't and now they're fighting and w- what's happening but yeah seeing them like work together and like be like yeah. a solid team was really great for that and one like, moment and like that actress like when when she's like likable and not like well uh, you cheated on like just when she framed as the villain exactly exactly yeah. I, I don't think that she's being unreasonable but she is being certainly framed as the villain is unwatchable, but when she's likable, like she's great. She was phenomenal in these last couple episodes. At what from what I remember of the first episode, she was great. Like it's it just like like I'm so mad that we were robbed of of that actress and this dynamic for the past so many episodes. Um, the only other good thing I had was that in my notes I literally write, "This show is not going to have a happy ending." Next point. Like, it's going to be the most unhappy ending ever. And then, okay, it's kind of an okay ending. <laughs> Not the worst ending it could be. So, you know, I like I like a happy ending. And, and to all the characters, you know, dramatic irony and all that, it's a happy ending. But that's, that's, all, I, uh, that's all I have for a good, good, good stuff. 
Yeah, there's quite a bit of bad stuff in there still. There's there's still some bad stuff on this bone. You don't wanna there's, you don't wanna chat about the bad stuff. There's some rotten meat on this bone, and it's time to just get in there and pick it off. Let's open the floor and talk about what did not work for us. Uh, what did the fucking Christian cult thing have to do with them being nurses? Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing at all. That was the whole. That was the serial killer's whole mo throughout the whole you know, first two or three quarters of the... Was his mom a nurse? Yeah, they, they, they show her coming home in scrubs, but like... But that has that, nothing it's so to inno- do... Like, she also had blonde hair. Like, it would, why didn't you kill everyone with blonde hair? Like, it's such a, a weird point to, like, illustrate. Yeah. Uh, his actual motive, as far as, like, I have to save these women from sinning, from being sinners or whatever has nothing to do whatsoever with them being nurses. Uh, and I feel like I feel like the writers just couldn't come up with a good reason for the dude to be killing nurses. And so they were like, uh uh generic cult leader motive. Let's let's throw let's throw the red dragon motive in there. Like I hated Statch's backstory. Yes. Stuff. Same. I yes. thought him turning on Frank briefly because he felt like Frank was unhinged and Statch like wants to like stay in line and like follow the rules. I thought that was way more compelling yeah. for their friendship and for like the character mm-hmm. than like he accidentally got in like a fight with a dude who then fell off a roof when it was like, and then like Stan covered for him. Like statue didn't do anything wrong. Like he as didn't far even as kill like, that guy. Yeah. As far as like being a cop goes, like that happens. Like you didn't, you didn't do a, a bad murder. Thing. I was waiting. Like, I was honestly waiting. Like once the guy fell off the roof for Satch to like pull out a gun or something and be like, Oh, he, he can't talk because that, that would have been legitimate. Like, Whoa, that's not what you're supposed to do. But they got a scuffle on a roof, and the, the guy, guy who started off. the scuffle fell off the roof. And it's like, yeah, that, that's a, I mean, that's not good, but like that's that's what happens when you start scuffles on roofs. And yeah, so uh, like the thing that Statch had, or that that Stan has on Statch, like wow, their names are way too similar. But um, <laughs> the thing that Stan has on Statch, like. Isn't even a thing. Isn't a thing, one. And then two, like, in my opinion, it makes the character weaker. Yeah. Um, Where I I really liked seeing him as, like, uh, a voice of reason and responsibility, where Mm -hmm. instead, no, he's just got a a skeleton in his closet, albeit a shitty one that isn't even really a skeleton. But uh, it, it didn't feel necessary to me. I yeah, feel like- and that that whole scene was just really uncomfortable. Also, like the the like the Statch and Stan, uh, like are trying to arrest this guy who was like beating his pregnant girlfriend and his kids or something like that, and it was it was just like a really unpleasant scene to watch. And it, I I agree with you; it's totally pointless. I would rather have him. Rather him have just been like calling Frank doubt- and Frank's bullshit. Yeah, like doubtful that Frank was making the right decision and he made a judgment call and maybe it was a bad one, but like he thought he had to do what he had to do or whatever. And- I honestly, oh, I'm sorry, Ronnie. You yeah, go. go ahead. Well, I, I honestly think that like all of the Satch backstory and the Stan like story and his death, like I think that was like they knew the season was ending and they didn't want to like leave anything like that on the table because it's so sloppy. It's so rushed. Like the little bit of touch we get from Stan's dad would have been a good touch. But like the fact that, like you said, Maricela out of nowhere, is just like, all right, you got got. And, and then Satch's backstory. And, and it just seems like they were, they really crammed it into this last season and maybe even said well if we're going to do all this we're going to need one more episode so throw on episode 13 and we'll just cram jam everything like it 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 doesn't like that could easily be like what's season two at this point it's just that murder and there's no 
like you know conflict at the police precinct or anything like that like it i i really think that they they crammed it in and and didn't didn't want to leave something like that for you know people to be unsure about also all of the times that like stash was calling frank out Frank was doing bad things. Like Frank was like kicking down doors, going in without warrants, stuff that like Ramy was really pushing him to do because Ramy's a, a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Ramy um, is a sociopath. Yeah. Just... And, and so like it, it felt nice having someone be a moral compass, and then they sullied that. So let's talk about Ramy's lack of moral compass, shall we? Yeah. Wow. I put in here how, like, this is a universe where we get pretty much ultimate do-overs and nobody ever learns a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like she was a huge 24 fan back in 2004 where, like, we were, like, America was totally on board for watching Jack Bauer, like, just fucking torture people on Fox. (laughs) Uh, but like to have that in 2017, like where she's waterboarding someone in a toilet and like she has cops in uniform watching the door for her was just like grossly uncomfortable. It is also deeply ironic that she was doing that and then she shot the guy and she was like, arrested for that and they were all like oh you're gonna get put away for, that would never happen uh like this is america and she's mm-hmm. a cop and she's white and right. like i mean, leave even though even though the victim was white in this case like she's got so so much legal wiggle room she could get out of that no problem right at this point so, the person is a a suspected mass murderer yeah also so. he he killed, killed her, mom. her mom. Right. First of all, she shouldn't even have been working on that case. Like, nope. there's no way that would have happened. But even if the like, even in the one percent chance instance where they like indicted her, like temporary insanity, no problem. She gets probation yeah. and like what? So like, they were treating that as like, oh, that's a big deal. You shot that guy. Oh, you're gonna go away. You're gonna you're gonna be in jail for years. That would never happen. But the fact that she was fucking waterboarding, waterboarding him in a toilet and... And then like, gives him the means to commit suicide. Also, yeah. she it was a conspiracy because she had other officers in on it. Like, she either, like called in favors or paid them or something to guard the door while she was beating the shit out of this guy. It wasn't even like they didn't know either. Like, as she leaves, the, the cop is like, did you get what you need, Raimi? Doesn't I don't even think calls her Rami. Calls her Rames. Like, did you get what you need, Rames? Like, palling around. Like, yeah. She's like, what the fuck, cops? Yeah. The the one thing that struck me as we go through this and we talk about like the extrajudicial violence and things like that. Like, we've been like rallying against it, but it's like I think it's honestly probably pretty realistic, which is like. Makes it way grosser. They frame it as, like, heroic, though. Right. Like, yeah. if, also, if, if yeah. this was The Wire, and they were, like, framing it as, like, look at how shitty and bad this is. Like, like, real life is even worse. Like, that's one thing. But to be like, look at these hero cops using time travel and torture to stop no, past yeah. crime, future crimes... It's like, oh, no, Like well, I missed the doctor. And right. obviously, <laughs> she's meant to be our hero. Like, we're meant to be rooting for her to get her mom right. back and get her boyfriend back and have a normal, peaceful, happy life again. That's the whole, like, that's the core premise of the show. She's trying to get her life back, and we're supposed to want her to. She doesn't deserve it. Yeah, I, no. guess, I, just, I guess I just don't know who this show is for. Because like mm. you said last time, Evan, like it's it's heavily marketed for the sci-fi aspect of it. Um, and also just like dramatically, dramatically like hard on like police brutality and, you know, finding the murderer by any means necessary. And like there, uh, there certainly exists some overlap there, but it's just you're really like spreading your audience thin at that point for people who are going to be like really gung ho about this show, 
which is not to say anything bad about people who like this show because there are listeners. Um, but yeah, I know we're trashing it a lot. I certainly don't like. It is far from the worst show we've watched. It's, it's oh yeah, it's certainly not a bad show. If there was nothing else on, I'd leave it on the TV. But like, yeah, it's just really frustrating. If what you're... are Raimi's shoelaces made out of? Nylon, probably. That's a thing. Justice. That's a... I feel like they're made out of justice. They're made out like, of justice. That dude. How did he get them so high up? Did he like? It would be really know. difficult to hang he yourself. Was, he with was shoelaces. feet off the ground. He was at least three feet off the ground. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's a thing that like they won't let you take shoelaces into a into into something like that. Well, I but... assumed it was because you'd kill someone with them, not yourself, though. Can you? That's, kill... that's possible. I don't, I don't want to get into like the physics of suicide. Like that's no. not like great content on this podcast. But I I was just utterly perplexed at Raimi's justice shoelaces. Shoelaces. No, yeah. I'm not like a doctor or anything, but I. Certainly have what? no problem. I have no problem uh, believing that uh, you could apply enough pressure to a throat to kill somebody with a shoelace. It just seems uh, difficult to imagine that they would hold a person's entire body weight up off the ground, three feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This podcast know. is now just about death. Uh, <laughs> sponsored by Beck Givnish Funeral Homes. Um, Sorry. One- no, There's a fine. lot of death in this show, except the one time that Frank had the opportunity to uh, kill Deacon Joe and, and did a terrible and did job. such a bad job. He did like I mean it's it's a real like binary situation. You either kill him or he stays alive, and you did the worst you could do. It's a pass fail, and you failed. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, like you couldn't have done worse. It did crack me up where Frank is like trying to like tough talk Deacon Joe in holding and is like yeah. you like I know you. I Batman you. And if I was right. Deacon Joe, I would have been like, oh you're the guy who did a really shitty job of trying <laughs> right. to murder me. You're that under- guy who kidnapped me and did a terrible murder. I didn't it understand why Frank was giving him all that information. Like, yeah. it was just so not, like, ugh. I'm just so Black mad man. about how easy it would have been to kill that guy and how many opportunities Frank had and mm-hmm. how he just did not, like, but as soon as he sedated him, he should have suffocated him and then just moved the body somewhere. Like, there would have been no blood or anything. It would have been so, so easy. This is a really tiny nitpick I have. But the the lady who came to Deacon Joe's house to say, like, oh, we think you stole the money, um, that would never happen. The the sort of, like, lady who, like, had that information, like, bat, like churchgoers love that. Churchgoers love a good <laughs> scandal, <laughs> uh, especially a dishonest deacon. They would have been like, mm-hmm. did you hear about Deacon Joe? He stole the money from the safe. Like, we're going to get him. Like, she would not have gone to warn him. She would have been gossiping on the phone with her prayer chain. Like, guys, we need to pray for Deacon Joe's yes. dishonesty. With all her wasp friends. Yep. And um, they would have they just... been praying for Deacon Joe for, for just, you know, God, you know what's on my heart. Pray, please, please, please kill Deacon please, Joe at this time. Please when send a spirit of conviction on his is. heart. Um, and she would not have gone to warn him. She would have been waiting outside to watch the cops roll up to see mm-hmm. him get taken away. Small nitpick, but... Yeah. Well, here here's another small nitpick. I'm kind of bummed that in, like, the new future where everything is ideal and perfect, like, Gordo's a lawyer. Because I felt like Gordo was his, his best self when he was, like, a stay-at-home dad who played, enjoyed playing video games and drinking beer. Like I don't I don't know why his his story had to be like after the whole episode with him and his dad of like you should have been a lawyer and it's like well I'm good enough because I'm raising your grandchildren like it's just kind of like well he was good enough why why does the perfect situation have to be him like in a suit that's not my Gordo not my Gordo yeah that didn't quite send the right message I agree yeah. Like, you know, Raimi's with the right guy and and mom's alive. And Gordo was apparently just, you know, not watching his kids anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Speaking of like Raimi and the right guy, uh, I t- I didn't care about any of their like either Frank and Julie's relationship stuff or Raimi and South African guys relationship yep. stuff throughout any of at any juncture in any timeline. I didn't care. Or Gordo and his dad's relationship stuff. Like, that was, like, such a, like, a last-minute, like, add-in. Yeah, that really dropped in out of nowhere. And uh, to be honest, I preferred that to uh, Raimi and the South African guy. But um, his, what was his name? Whatever. Dan? Good accent was his name. What a nice, nice accent. Mm. Yeah, I think it was just piling up where it was, like, we had so much senseless family drama that now in the 11th hour, there's more senseless family drama. Oh, good. I'm sure I'm going to like this one better. And I know I've said this literally every time, but there was not enough investment before the timeline started changing yeah. for us to care whether or not Raimi got back together with that dude. Yep. Also, how weird is it that that dude, like, okay, in uh, in the timeline that we spent most time in throughout the series, uh... South African guy did not remember Raimi at all because they had never met because the timeline was screwed up. Uh, and then Raimi was like stalking him briefly. And then he decided like, hmm, you know what? I don't mind being stalked so much, maybe. And then they got together and were together for like literally like two days. Like they had sex like once or twice. And then this guy is like, well, I'm going to break up with my fiance now. Like, he's been with this other woman for, like, presumably a long time. At least months they've been together. The guy has proposed to her, and now he meets this other woman who was stalking him, has sex with her once or twice. They see each... They they literally know each other for, like, a few days. I'm not exaggerating. And he breaks up with his fiance to be with her and bring her donuts and wine or whatever. <laughs> true, true, true love knows no timeline, Evan. Yeah, it it seemed to be buying into this weird, like, we were destined Soul to be mates. together yep. thing. It's which, that fixed point in time in Doctor Who. It was always going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but we got to it real fast in this timeline. Yeah, we, well, we had to. Know, it's We were together for, like, four, four years in another timeline. But in this timeline, we figured it out quicker because, like, ah, yeah. oh, yes, we're soulmates. Um, the only other thing I had was... Um, and they, they went back to it so much that it bothered me so much is they go to this like pier, this dock, like three times in the cu- last couple of episodes. And much like the entire, and they do this in 1996. And if you told me it was the New York skyline or the Boston skyline or wherever they are from like 2024, I'd have been like, yeah, probably. Like it, it, they did nothing to like make it seem like this is 1996. Like the entire. And they went to it so much, and it was not at all. Ugh, it was really yeah, frustrating. They they never embraced the fact that it was a like time no. travel show. No, with the aesthetic at all. Not even you could have been like it would have been cool if, if you did like a different cinema, a different like film style. We actually were trying to figure that out because Kim was watching it with us for like two episodes, uh, and she was like. Which timeline are we in now? I'm not sure. It's kind of blue tinted. And then we were like, oh, maybe they are doing that deliberately. Maybe 1996 is sort of blue tinted. And then we paid closer attention. No, it's just blue tinted whenever it's outside. Because it's dark. Because everything has to be so dark. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, so we were even looking for that. Some kind of tiny, like... Signature, anything. It gets gets even worse towards the end when Deacon Joe is in both timelines because, like, he is indistinguishable Mm -hmm. between, like, 1996 and 2016. Like, there's no... He might have more pepper in his hair, but because it's so dark, we can't see the salt and pepper in his hair (laughs) until he becomes, like, a a, a, uh, spike from Buffy Clark Kent and... uh, just like oh that's now you're now you no one can tell who you are (sighs) yeah definitely like i mean better best of these episodes so far i would say um and and now it's just because 
I think a lot of our, our negativity are because of the episode, certainly, but just because it's like we've been mad at this show for so long that it's like time to heap it all on, bury it in the ground like Frank never could. It's it's one of those things where like I can see if I was watching one episode a week while also watching like other TV during that time. Like if this was my Monday night show and then I had a sure. show on Tuesday or Thursday I was watching where like I might look back at it finally and be like, oh, I wish I could have gotten se- uh, like a second season. Like mm-hmm. I can see why it was recommended to us by a viewer because yeah. uh, if you're watching it along with other stuff and you're not necessarily looking at it through a critical lens, like, right. yeah, sure, it's an entertaining show to throw on on a Monday night. Right. But because otherwise, if you're when we're watching it all together like this, it can feel like it's a six episode, like part one, part two, part three, part four, part because there's no conclusion. Like there's yeah. no like way to tie it up in a neat bow until like these these huge milestones that don't even really satisfy. And yeah, but like after looking at it critically and after like watching it in, in kind of a marathon run like we do three episodes at a time it's it's really easy to see how the show failed yep yeah yeah that this is a self call out like we are just sort of by the nature of how we operate Mm-hmm. We're probably a little bit more critical on shows than people would be if they were watching them casually oh, and weren't that well, invested yeah. in them. So, yeah. like, but, yeah. but, 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 but even like Andy's saying, in the format that we watch them is not the intended, like, you know, this is, this is before binge watch culture TV. Like, well, maybe not, but it's, it's certainly this show was not intended to be watched as a binge watch when it initially came out. So it's like. I- the other day too, though, like I even like fondly remembered a thing from Terra Nova, and like, yeah, we ripped that show to shreds. Right. But like, even like just a month out, I was like, oh yeah, Terra Nova. <laughs> Nostalgia yeah. heals all wounds. I think. What I a- think dinosaurs heal all wounds. Yeah, that's true. That's true. To. Yeah. What's it, the 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 commander from it was in the the Uncharted fan film with Nathan Fillion as uh, uh, Sully. And he did a phenomenal job. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the dude from Terra Nova. Very cool. Which that that fan film was really good, by the way. Tossing that out there. Alrighty, so now we are at the end. Let's just wrap it all up in a nice big bow. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. did, uh, Did this, the entirety of the CW's frequency, did it work for you? I'm going to give it a no. It's not too deep into no territory. It's not buried under the weight of its terrible transgressions, but I I, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't rewatch it. So personally, no, it didn't work for me. Andy. Yeah, Ronald. Did uh, these 13 unlucky episodes of Frequency work for you? Nope. Nah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. This work for you? Um, no. Yeah. Nope. I just need a little. I, I, you know, it certainly seemed to have worked more for me than it did for y'all, but I still need that. Like, give me a little bit more each episode. Give me a little bit more each episode. Make it a little bit weirder because you're on the CW and we know that you can. Um, just uh, you know. Push, push the envelope and also give me just a little bit of morsel every week so that I'm not, you know, starving for six, seven episodes later when you don't actually end up delivering. Ideas for season two? Yeah, let's let's crack open ideas for season two. Andy, I know, I know you have been like workshopping one in the back of your mind for a while if you want to go first. I haven't been, but um, I think we need... And this is going to be stuff that, like, I've mentioned in past episodes as we were covering this. But I think we need a, like, secret society of ham radio operators who are time traveler mm-hmm. people. Using time communicators. Time, yeah. Like, I think that would be really interesting. Um, maybe there is a, like, a secret, like, Men in Black style government agency that's using them of like cops in the present and cops in the past 
and you get like assigned your buddy cop from the different time period and you work together and maybe there's some like cowboy ones and some like World War One ones and some I don't fucking know, but Raimi gets hooked up with them because her radio got broken and she needs to reconnect with her dad. That sounds rad. I would that yeah. like buddies through time via radio that that would be really cool yeah so it is your standard buddy cop procedural but Raimi gets hooked in with and frank obviously gets hooked in with this organization so that they can keep solving crimes together and instead of um just focusing on the nightingale have different villain slash crime each week that they got to work together to solve yeah literally any other villain or crime and like if you really need the nightingale which i don't think you do but if you desperately need it have him form a uh a cult have him form a villain league that is then at work throughout um the two time periods because it's a cult now um but yeah that's my pitch for season two evan do you have one or should i go um i have one it's not as good as andy's actually um, you know how the ham radio got destroyed in the the thirteenth unnecessary episode? Yup. Yeah. So, uh, so Raimi has to repair it, or has to find another one, or something. And that one has a different capability, and starts talking to a different person. And uh, I want I want more weird stuff. Like Andy said, I want some kind of like society of ham radio operators through time. I didn't quite have that idea of like going all the way back to like World War Two to talk to people through time or whatever. But um, yeah, I need to, I need Raimi to be talking to somebody else through the radio now that it's been fixed. It taps into a different frequency or something. She's talking to a totally different person from a different year. And, uh, she, like, maybe, like, fuck with somebody else's timeline or something. She's fucked with her own timeline so much. And they've been so fixated on this Nightingale thing that, like, we really need a new, a new villain. We need her to just wrap this up, fix it as best as she can, patch it back together. And then, like, perhaps somebody from the past... Uh, reaches out to her for some reason for her help rather than her bugging Frank to fix all the stuff, you know? Maybe maybe we change the the flow of responsibility a little bit in this one. Um, but yeah, just get away from this whole, like, Raimi's personal timeline getting screwed up thing. It's, it's confusing I, and redundant. I will say that if she's talking to someone other than Frank... When her fiance is super creepily like, I'm uncomfortable with who you're talking to on the radio. Who is it? If she can't be like, oh, it's my dad. Like, he's going to be even more insecure. Which was a really weird ass thing for him to be insecure about. Put that under negatives, by the way. That was really controlling and weird. Yeah, yeah. don't like ham radio enthusiasts just sit on their ham radios and be like, hey guy in China, what's up? Yeah. Hey, guy in India, what's up? My dad like, had a huge map of the world, and whenever he talked to someone, he'd like put a pin in their like city in their country and stuff. Yeah, so um, it doesn't seem like a. It seems like a weird thing to be suspicious about. Yeah, if was, she's talking on the radio all the time. That's what ham radio people do. Yeah, it was really weird for him to to be so controlling. Anyway, Ronnie, what's your pitch? My pitch is a little bit off the rails. I'm on board for, for it. it. So we keep hearing about this car accident that Frank gets in five years before the events of 2016. My thought is we flash forward to that day and all of a sudden the car makes the impact. You hear the loud crash hard cut to or 1996 when the radio is pushed off the table and crashes, it's the same crash sound, and then we see a blue puff of smoke, and out of the radio comes Genie Frank, and he says, you have released me, and it's the adventures of Genie Frank and his not-Genie daughter, 
and they just make wishes. And the first wish is that the nightingale's not there anymore. The second <laughs> wish is is that police brutality wouldn't be a thing anymore. And the third wish is that Frank wouldn't have died, and we just don't have to have season one at all. We can just skip skip it all. <laughs> what a what a delightful TV show, Ronnie. You fixed I mean, all you the can, problems. You can really like you know build it out and like have like a real fairy odd parent situation where it's like we we learn that the real way to get things done is through hard work and ingenuity and not killing people in your custody and torturing um, them. Right, and but we had to learn that through wishing and how that the wishes didn't work. We'll have to do it the old-fashioned way, and that's that's how Frank kind of parents as a, as a genie, and then and then we can have genie from Aladdin on our podcast because it'll be to, it'll be topical. And yeah. It. <sighs> All right, so we're gonna. This is the first time we've had a poll in a while of of a uh, of what would season two look like. Andy's uh, gonna win. Andy's is the best. Andy's Thanks, is gonna guys. win. Thanks, guys. I appreciate but, that. But what would you uh, what would you call yours, Andy? What would you what would your subtitle be for your season two? Um, Time Bandits is a classic, but Ooh. I feel like Time Cops sounds Time Cops sounds time cops. sounds not as good. Um, time Cop Radio Adventures. Time Buddies. Time Buddies, like it. I like time it. Pals. Evan, Evan, what about yours? Time Buddies. Frequency. Time Pals. Colon. Adventures in Ham Radio. Okay. <laughs> time pal and buddy. So... Time buddy, buddy and pals. Time colon adventures in Ham Radio. I always appreciate how easy it is to fit your suggestions on the image on Facebook. It's really I don't have to have a graphic design degree to make that one work. <laughs> buddy pals. Stop time, it, Evan. <laughs> colon um. stopwatch. Colon. We're running out of time. Speaking of running out of time, Evan, what is, what is your, <laughs> time what is your subtitle? Cops. Just, shut up. <laughs> two hands. Stop drinking that whiskey. Justice. You're going to go blind. <laughs> That's, you got some fucking home distillery. Justice shit. is blind. So is time. Time buddy pals cops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mine two, was, two swift hands Andy. of justice. All um, right. We're Andy. Go we ahead, to, Evan. Quick, I apologize. We, can, we have to turn off the podcast now. Okay. You ruined it. Okay. Oh, I didn't ruin it. My goofs are great. Okay, go. Mine's called Frequency 2, colon, different bad guy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Succinct, Frequency to the 2, point. too frequent. <laughs> too, too frequent, too bad. Too fast, too frequency. <laughs> Frequency three, Tokyo tri- Justice <laughs> Drift. Okay, Drifting um, Justice. <laughs> you like it way too much. Um, Frequency five. Frequency. Mine would just be Genie Dad. <laughs> I love it. It's like the plot of Jack Frost. If that movie actually, it is. Yeah, yeah. wasn't as weird as it was. Maybe. So, so, so a genie dad from out of your ham radio that you talked on your dad to would be less weird than Jack Frost. I don't know. Jack Frost was pretty weird. It's pretty weird, but I mean, I snowmen exist. I don't necessarily know that genies do. (laughs) Wait, you're are you ham radios exist? Are you suggesting that? Snowman ghost dads are less weird than radio genie dads? I think so. Okay. Is that all you have to say about that? I mean, there's a a Christmas song that we sing every year about a a snowman coming to life. Radios, genies popping out of radios and erasing police brutality is like a, a brand new concept that I came up with. Frank Frost, Radio Genie Dad. <laughs> I'm not going there. Okay, let's let's uh let's get to some housekeeping. Yeah, let's do that um, before we get any deeper. Andy, yeah, what uh what show are we doing next? Um, what is the show that is gonna come after? What is the 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 encore of the show? frequency yeah did, did you not pick one i no i did 
Which... <laughs> it's a secret. No, it's can't be a secret. <laughs> uh, I think I'm leaning towards mixology because the episodes are only 20 minutes and... Love those 20 minute episodes. It's a comedy. And I feel like after all of the torture and like beating of children and women that we've had with frequency, maybe we could use a comedy. I could certainly use a comedy. I appreciate that. So let's uh, let's do that, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. How many episodes are there? I don't know. Okay. I didn't do my homework. Okay. I mean, it can't yes. be that bad if they're only 20 minutes each. So Yeah. I'm very All right, excited let's, for that. Let's do mixology. Thank cool. you. Thank you, Andy. Is it available you... anywhere? Do we know? Anyone? Oh, that's a good question. It's got a 7.3 on IMDb, and 90% of people like this show, according to Google. Wow. Um, it is available on abc.com. Cool. Oh, nice. That's handy. Yeah. Uh, which, I do re- which... remember watching it when it aired back in 2014. Um, I don't remember if it was good. <laughs> that was helpful. Um, so, yeah, we'll be watching Mixology next. Did we get any re- iTunes reviews? We definitely got a few. <gasps> We're so close to doing Dragon Age. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about this. this as show. Uh, as we talked about last time, if we get our 20 iTunes reviews, not just iTunes ratings, you lazy bums, um, <laughs> if we get our full 20 iTunes reviews, we are going to do a drunk uh, Dragon Age web series from Dragon Felicia Age Day. Redemption. Dragon Age Redemption. Sorry, Felicia Day. All We're sorry, right. Felicia Day. Please, please guest on our podcast. We think you're actually very cool, but you autographed have, your book for me, and I love you. We're gonna have to shit on your show a little bit. I'm sorry. A lot. Yeah. All right. So our first one is from uh, Dark Town Boy Kisser. That's me, and, by the way. I and it, um, yeah. It's called I am very biased, but trust me, it's great. <laughs> no Look, one I really I really want to do this Dragon Age show, and if twenty reviews is what it takes, I'm I'm not gonna sit idle. No one is more biased than your one and only not host Evan. I uh, look, I admitted it in the title of the review that I'm extremely biased. Listen to these three handsome persons talk about shows that are mostly bad but sometimes good. It's a great way to waste your time at work or potentially while hiding from your small cousins at family functions. Excellent content. So, Andy, I know we normally welcome people into the ending pending family when they leave a review. So, uh, I I don't know how we want to go about this one. I love you guys, too. You're the fiance of the podcast. Yay. (laughs) Yay. We also have a review a real one, one that's not a, from people who are A us. real one from uh, one Hazy McHazy. It's, I don't know who that is. It is titled More Fun Than Something Less Fun. <laughs> what high praise. What an accurate statement. <laughs> what if a strictly you're... factual and not at all embellished statement. If you're the type who likes watching paint dry, you should go do that, weirdo but not before listening to this podcast. It is filled with the marzipan brilliance of a thousand suns, and it is full of sustenance for the closet badger in your soul. Feed that badger. Seriously, though, it's great fun to listen to, and all three hosts have been super entertaining, although Andy has definitely wrong opinions about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I will fight over. Also, they watched Inhuman, so I don't have to. That gets them a thumbs up and a Hallmark sympathy card. We did watch Inhuman, so we our did. listeners would not have to. Yeah, you don't you're have welcome. To. Especially um, if you're an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, because there's stuff that comes up that this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. makes no sense unless you have the skeleton key that is Inhumans. I will say this, though. Uh, usually I compliment people when they leave us iTunes reviews. Hazy, you are a sick son of a bitch. You bastard, you know what you did, and next time I see you, we will fight to the death. Well, I guess we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Good encouragement for that is, people to leave more iTunes reviews. That is the highest phrase Hazy wants to hear, is that okay. I've been thinking nonstop 
since he did what he did about how I would defeat him, and I have been training. While you were out partying, I was training with the sword. While you were out drinking and kissing, I was focusing my chi. And while you were (laughs) playing Star Wars Battlefront on VR, I was honing my body (laughs) in the thickest physical and mental strain so that I could defeat you next time we lay eyes on each other. I am coming for you, Hazy. You you beautiful bastard. Okay, so I guess you know who that guy is. Uh, we've, we've, like, bumped into each other at an Applebee's once. And I told him about the podcast. So stay tuned for that <laughs> mini-episode. <laughs> Coming soon. Andy V. Hazy McHazy. Um... <laughs> That sounds like such a vapor name. <laughs> it does sound like you vape. It is, it is the vapor name. Hazy, um, do you vape? Um, such dank clouds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that a vape That thing? sweet cotton. <laughs> Ripping cotton. that cotton. Cotton. Um, vapor so. lingo. <laughs> wow. Some uh, some other uh, housekeeping news. Next week we will have a mini episode in between our shows. We're gonna do a little uh, prediction. We're gonna we're gonna run through the uh, the shows that are coming up in 2019 and decide which ones are which ones are gonna be ending and which ones are gonna be working. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, as I said last time, but I want to make sure everyone sees it. I was on um, the Meddling Kids podcast. It was, was so on. good. Yeah, I yeah. listened to that. It was uh, interesting. Turned I, out fun. I don't like Scooby Doo, but that episode certainly was interesting. Yeah, um, talked about how depressing Scooby Doo can actually be if you give it the right, very twisted mindset, um, which is mine. Um, so yeah, you should check that out. You can find them on Twitter at uh, Meddling Kids Pod. Um, also. Our very good friends at Build-A-Band, another podcast, um, they have been amazing to us. I've been uh, sending them some suggestions for their podcast, because that's what they require to do their their podcast deeds, and they have just been like showering us with like how good they think our podcast is and how good our suggestions is. Aww, so, uh, that's so sweet. Every- yeah, we are like heavily featured in every episode. So feel free to go. Their like cover image on Twitter is actually one that I made of a brass bandicoot. It's a new instrument that I created. Um, you should go check it out. Hey, did they uh, leave us reviews? Because you should strong arm them into leaving oh, us reviews. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can follow them at Build a Bandcast on Twitter. Um, Rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. Keep doing you guys. I haven't listened to your podcast, but I will now. It's good. I it, it it's it's a format that I really appreciate of just kind of like taking a very simple idea and riffing on it until the joke is like so so like worn that only like five people are there for it. But I'm one of those five people, and I love I was it. gonna say that sounds like you. Yes, it's that joke pulp. You drink a glass of joke orange juice, and everyone's like, "Mmm, good good joke orange juice." But I'm that one that's like. Mm. Gotta suck out that joke pulp out of, out of every tooth. <laughs> All right, is, is that it? Are, are we done with housekeeping? We're never we doing done. Firefly. Also, I, your badgers. Oh, feed, feed your, your feed the ghost genie in your radio. <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>